0: Quarterback number nineteen, Bernie, Bernie, oh yeah, how you can throw? Yeah, 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 Bernie, Bernie, oh
1: baby, Super Bowl. All right, welcome to another. Hard hitting episode of Six B's in a P, the most popular Browns-related podcast on a music entertainment website. I'm your host, Brian Costco, joined by co-host Chris Poland. Hey And Brian, I might have a baby any second weeby.
2: Jesus Christ, I'm so depressed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're here for episode 6 of season 4 of 6Bs and a P on AquabareLegion.com. And as I mentioned, Brian Wiebe is soon to be a father. And if you're lucky, America, it could happen during this next hour.
2: It'd be a 6B1P exclusive.
1: (laughs) 6B1P exclusive, baby. And heard at least, I saw it in something I was given before the show that Brian has vowed to name the baby Travis coons Weeby.
0: <laughs> Boy or girl.
2: Yes. T. Coons, for short. <laughs> in
1: all seriousness, no, T. Coons not getting it done this week, at least with the game-winning field goal, because the Browns lost 26-23 mm. to 23 to the undefeated Denver Broncos in overtime, though. A, a tough one because it seemed like at a point they were going to win. Yeah. Did you guys both watch the game?
3: I did. I watched the first three quarters and then had it on in the background uh, as my Pathfinder group played. Dave and I were texting each other under the table while
0: the game was (laughs) playing.
1: What's great is I've been adopting, at least attempting to, a little more so to not let these games dominate my Sundays to see if it makes me feel better as a Browns fan and a person. Okay. word of working, it's still tough because I get really into it, but, like, I watched the whole game last week, uh, the win, and then we went for a hike, like, right after for a couple hours, and it was awesome. I mean, they still won, so I was, like, really super pumped and, and, you know, enjoying myself afterwards. But then this week, we kind of preempted any possible depression by driving to go to the Great Serpent Mound at halftime. So I listened to the game and, like, stayed in the parking lot in the car for, like, about an extra two minutes to hear them, you know, lose in overtime. And then was able, though, to just, like, immediately shut the car off, get out, and go to, like, an ancient Native American sacred ground. How was the mound? It's sweet, dude. Have you guys been there ever?
3: The correct answer is great. <laughs> Serpentine.
1: <laughs> have you been there?
2: I believe I have as a child. Brian? I think so, but I'm not certain.
1: It's pretty rad. It's impressive effigy mound. 13 oh, Does it have stairs? There's some stairs. there's a uh, stairs that go through the tail like a little stairwell uh, but there's like a big observation tower you can walk up and look over it.
2: I see. I think so. I'm not sure. I went to some mound in that general vicinity may not have been that one.
1: All right.
2: Are there other mounds?
1: There's lots of mounds in Ohio and Indiana and uh, This podcast probably would be more entertaining if we just kept talking about mounds, but the anyway.
2: Cleveland mounds.
1: The Cleveland Cleveland mounds.
2: There's a
3: fish sound song called Mount. Yeah. <laughs> That's something.
2: <laughs> yeah. That could be the theme song. Have you
3: on the
1: show? So, good news. Class half full we are in third place in the AFC North.
2: Yeah, the uh, the Ravens continue to just fall apart.
1: I mean, they lost to the Browns, for God's sakes.
2: Yeah, uh, that's probably the,
1: low the height of
2: their downward spiral or the yeah. depth of their downward spiral. In this game,
1: first of all, I was really surprised by how shitty Peyton Manning is now.
2: <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Like, I've heard all this talk about how he's not any good anymore and his stats are so bad. But, like, he's bad.
2: I've watched a fair amount of these Broncos games because they're my alternate team, you know. Mm -hmm. He's not good. I agree completely. But they also do a lot of slow-mo replays of his face grimacing as he throws the ball.
1: Every time, like, there's bo- neck bones moving every time he throws his ball.
2: And the passes are just, you know, they're wobbly. They're ducks.
1: Yeah. But see, here's the deal. So I, Manning throwing three interceptions, which that always sucks. Like When you get the quarterback to throw three interceptions and you still can't win, like, that sucks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Your team sucks. You know what I mean? And one of them, a pick six to, to Dansby, which was awesome. Dansby had two interceptions that game. But the pick six to Dansby right after that, Manning just straight led him down the field, like, immediately. And... At the end of the game, I I put this in the outline, he, on that last drive, was four for four for 39 yards. And right at the end of the game, too, right after that Dansby interception, he threw that 75-yard touchdown to Emmanuel Sanders like it was nobody's business. And that's the difference with Peyton Manning and, say, Josh McCown. (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Josh McCown played way more like Josh McCown yesterday. I mean, I still believe he is both a future Hall of Famer and the savior of the Cleveland Browns franchise, but he tempered his performance, you know, by having another uh, more McCown-like game, I guess. 20 for 39 for 213 yards with a pair each of touchdowns. I
2: mean, I wouldn't put it all on his shoulders, but he certainly didn't win it for us. No.
1: No. But I mean, still probably better—the best option we have right now to like win games, I would think. No?
2: Yeah, probably.
1: Probably. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing rumors that the Browns aren't, might not even be dealing with Johnny Football too much
0: longer. Yeah,
2: I don't know. I mean, he had another incident. That's coming up on our on the dial teaser. McCown's got you know a decent blend of. You know, good arm and experience. Clearly, not the experience of Peyton Manning, who can win football games with a bad arm.
1: Yeah, big difference there, yeah. Brian. You, I think you put in a note here. Or no, is this Chris, the Bears fan?
2: Oh uh, no, this. Uh, my friend Corey calls him Joshy Football, <laughs> but he does so lovingly. He he likes McCown. McCown, you know, I saw him a few years ago when he stepped in for Cutler, and he put together a great. You know couple of games that year maybe more like i don't know i feel like it was six or seven games and he'd like set a record for qb rating and you know out of the blue he's already a journeyman guy at that point and that sort of led to his you know the browns pursued him prior to this offseason the year before and lost out on him to the buccaneers getting war and then of course he was terrible for the buccaneers right so maybe there's some sort of uh Odd number, even number thing. Like he's good in odd years and <laughs> maybe he's days. just
3: maybe he's just good in the
2: Midwest. Can't handle the Tampa heat. <laughs> Tampa Donnie can't <laughs> handle Tampa Donnie down there.
1: Yeah, there's another stat here about interceptions or no multiple touchdowns. Sorry.
0: Yeah,
1: I read it. I read touchdowns as interceptions in this follow-up.
0: Classic Browns mistake. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So basically the Browns, as a team, have thrown for multiple touchdowns in five straight games, and it, that is the first time they've done that since 1968. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that? After registering 12 touchdown passes all of last season, they already have 11 through six
0: games. What yeah, else I
2: feel like I heard another record along those lines. I'm looking it up to see if uh, I can perhaps come, uh, come across it. I mean, I, there was the deal with him throwing for over 300 yards in three straight games. Was a
0: first yeah, time in cool. a long
2: time. But I also that's think great. it's throwing for multiple touchdown passes, like a in three games in a row. Like a, I don't think any quarterbacks done that since the Browns reformed.
1: That's unbelievable. Crazy stuff, man. Those are like really crazy stats. Like I wonder. If all teams have that kind of shit, you know? Like, right. the first guy to ever throw a touchdown in the fourth quarter. And you're like, really? <laughs> Fuck, for real? That's go. Good. All right, go, Josh. <laughs> like,
2: Peyton Manning's the world record holder in 75-yard touchdown passes to Emmanuel Sanders to tie the game in the fourth quarter.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, like, I was editing last week's episode, like, a little late. I just did it the other night, and there's a great moment. I think it's really, like, Ian is like, just going off about it like the Browns record books are being full up with garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, that's Sean Drone, Their leading rusher. Nine yards. Um, so, speaking of rushing, not so great again, no rushing. That seems to have something to do with
2: our losses, usually. Yeah.
1: 100 yards total between four dudes, including Josh McCown.
2: The Crow's got a bad toe. Croto. Oh no.
1: To Turbin. Robert Turbin makes his debut.
2: He's got some guns. Yeah,
1: that dude is a machine.
2: But I wish he had some uh some jets.
1: <laughs> He's like like you know <laughs> we were talking about listening to old episodes before we started this one. And I forgot about one of my favorite lines is with like I was listening a couple weeks ago with we were, like, talking about, like, these guys, maybe we just get these really nice guys, but they're not actually good at football, but, like, nobody asked them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's the Browns' luck, is, like, you're like, football? Fuck, I don't know how to play that. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> nine, nine weeks into the season, like, Austin Davis, what about you? And you're like, he's like, I ain't never done seen one of these before. <laughs> <laughs> Putting it in his ear, like, the football in his ear and stuff. And,
0: but,
2: Touchdown? Hmm... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know like, how to play I, this game, but I do like to go to the hospital and kiss dying children.
1: Yeah, like he's really he's really good at like you know volunteering at the food bank wearing like pads, <laughs> but not good at football. And uh, you know I feel like Robert Turbin is like someone like man, like I thought I was supposed to make my arms as big as possible to be good at this game. <laughs> this is <isn't> the <laughs> World Bodybuilding Federation. I thought it was over the top. The movie.
2: That's like that. There was some guy, I can't think of his name, who was like a defensive back for the Colts the past few seasons. Uh And he just slowly got ridiculously jacked. I mean, I guess not so slowly. I mean, he went from being like a guy who's like a, you know, athletic cornerback style dude to just having like ridiculous guns. And he was using like steroids and stuff, got kicked out of the league. But it's like totally unnecessary for the position he plays. You know, like a cornerback does not need massive guns. But it just makes
1: him, you know. It's like Martin O'Malley. Anybody watch that presidential debate? That guy's got some giant. <laughs> <heartburns>. <laughs> huge. Go check it out. Google Martin O'Malley's arms.
2: LaRon Landry. If you guys oh, Google him, he did get really ripped. He's ridiculous looking.
1: Yeah, he, he's not playing anymore. I don't think. Wasn't there like a super, like, it, it broke, like, internet stuff that had nothing to do with football. He, like, tweeted or, like, Instagrammed a picture of him, like, with his shirt off. And he, had, like, he looked like his arms had swallowed cars. Pretty like, much. Dragging my 400-pound arm around.
2: Maybe we should put him with, like, a Browns jersey on. <laughs> Why can't we find that
1: guy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So defense looked better, but not very good, which we kind of talked about. And obviously they were down a bunch of guys. Hayden, Hurt, Gibson, Hurt. Mingo had a big interception.
2: You know, that's one thing, and maybe this is too uh, football-y for our particular brand of podcast, but uh, maybe Mingo should play middle linebacker because he's, like, never touched the quarterback. But he does seem pretty good at batting up balls and chasing down guys who have gotten way ahead of the cornerbacks and whatnot. You know?
1: Well, that's a good point that kind of leads me into the next thing we wanted to talk about is, like, what's what's going on with some of this stuff? Because we've talked before about how the Browns are a team that, you know, they're not a great football team. They never are. So they need breaks to go their way. You know I mean? They need things to sort of line up. And if they do, they're good enough, I think, at least this year, where they can turn some of those into wins more than before. But, I mean, is it Pettin? Is it the coaching staff? Like, some of this stuff, you know, like, I know – it was obviously pretty a uh, hot button issue, but the going for two mm-hmm. instead of kicking the extra point, which they would have won, they would have not, you know, if the game played out the rest of it the same way, which I know is a lot of as if we don't like to do that here, but they would have won by one. Right.
2: You know? Yeah, I mean it's tough. And then I read a couple different uh, takes on it. Some people thought it was thought that they understood it. Other people didn't. So I think the argument for doing it that Petten made was that it was a game of field goals at that point in time.
1: Right, as if a touchdown could not be scored just because it hadn't.
2: We're going to talk about luck, and we've talked some already, and there's good luck, bad luck, all that stuff. But, like, there was, uh, what's his name, the star receiver for the Broncos dropped a couple passes. Oh, yeah, Thomas. You know, there's just a few things that...
1: uh, That doesn't happen that often.
2: Right, yeah. Maybe we're breaking the curse.
1: Working on that. we are still got our curse investigators taking a look into that. Chris, any updates?
2: Uh not yet. Okay. Maybe this is really the story of one man, Bernie Kozar, saving another man, John Q football's sold. Wow.
1: That's mm-hmm. making for a way better subplot to this season than what it really will be, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of pissy uh, Patton, though, with the sideline reporter. It does feel like he realizes he's going to get fired.
2: You know that scene in, like, a cheesy Disney movie where the cartoon villain celebrates and thinks he's won just before it all collapses in his face and the good guy wins? Right. Could be. Maybe like... that's Patton. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which one?
2: The cartoonish uh, villain celebrating too... Too early? Too,
0: yeah.
1: In non-game-related... Uh, back-in-the-day excitement, there was uh, some celebration before the game uh, here from some Browns running backs of days past. Kevin Mack and 6B1P frequent guest Ernest Byner. <laughs> <laughs> They're celebrating their 30th anniversary of the double thousand-yard season. Nice. Wouldn't that be nice? People were like, yeah, Crowell and West. <laughs> 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 Willie really Green and Lee Suggs. Watch out. Yeah. Uh, we don't have Ian this week. He is at the gym. I'm pretty sure. I'd like to point out, Ian, though, Brian Weeby could be having a child. Like, Michelle is there, could have a baby. He's here. You know?
3: I think, I think he's checking on her right now.
2: Yeah, I am, in fact. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, Ian... Called multitasking. You gonna
2: say hi? Michelle has declined to say
1: hi. Okay, we'll say hi to her. Everyone does. We love you, Michelle. We, we do love you Michelle. We love you, Michelle and baby, baby, baby Travis Travers. Coons.
2: <laughs> <laughs> baby Travis Coons. <laughs> 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 exactly what we're gonna need. A baby after. Mail or Mail she. she just uh, told you off as she left the room. <laughs> So,
1: we don't have the in the queue up our theme music, but it's time to make fun of the Broncos.
0: <coughs> Making fun of the for Broncos. Fuck the Broncos. Fuck right. those guys.
2: What's the matter with them? Well, I mean, they have a rich history of horse-faced quarterbacks. <laughs> they do.
1: Fuck John Elway, too, stomping all over down the sidelines like some sort of fucking horse.
2: He got the horse teeth. I think Peyton got the horse face.
1: Mm-hmm. And Tim Tebow got the horse's ass.
2: <laughs> Pretty much, though. I feel like he, he's got a I horse have. butt.
1: He's got horse butts. As Browns fans, the Broncos, of course, defeating the Browns in several AFC championship games, right, in the late 80s. Fuck those guys. Yeah, And I brought up, and I didn't know quite how to articulate this, that I feel like they're a version of, like, hating the front-running team, except they're not as good as those teams. Mm. Like, you know, they're not as good or as storied as the Yankees or the Dallas Cowboys or the Patriots or, you know, the Lakers. Mm. But because, like, especially the last couple of years of, like, I mean, even before with Elway and shit, you know, but the last couple of years, like, you know, bringing in Manning, and then they've just spent a shit ton of money in free agency, you know,
0: buying. You
1: know, what I mean, they got a bunch of those guys hurt last week, but Demarcus Ware and, you know, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, and TJ Ward, former Brown TJ Ward.
2: They are certainly going through, like, a kind of like Yankees sort of, or, or the Lakers, you know, it's like our franchise has enough cachet to get a bunch of, you know, Talented veterans, proven players to all come to the same place.
1: And you know, fuck that.
2: Yeah, I hate that <laughs> shit. How can you how can you go for those sorts of teams? You know, it's just uh
1: Wouldn't you rather play for the Browns?
2: <laughs>
1: Talent talented birds. <laughs> what do you think about the uniforms?
2: The Broncos uniforms? Yeah. I've never liked their uniforms. I don't I don't know. I just don't like the Broncos at all.
1: I always think this segment I think is one of my new favorite ones, and I think <laughs> Ryan Weeby fucking nails it. Like each, each time he does it, like there was one where you just like you're like, look, I when I think of unattractive people, I think of. Totally like, <laughs> <laughs> <I> <laughs> into so time. I like that. i like, look, I don't like the Denver Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: really don't. My freshman year
1: of college, I believe,
3: was the year that the. Broncos won the Super Bowl. Okay, yeah. is that right? Ninety-eight, maybe.
2: I think that sounds about right. I think they won two in a row right around then.
3: Yeah, and my roommate was a Broncos fan, and I didn't hear the end of that until the following school year when I roomed with someone else. <laughs>
2: <laughs> What's I a do, Bronco anyway? I have thought about trying to get uh, Torres on the podcast because we oh, all he's like
0: a Broncos fan. Yeah,
2: yeah, and and that's just that doesn't compute for me. I'm like. What's your deep, dark secret, then, Adam Torres?
1: <laughs> so, Chris, you were on a bye last week, but we sort of, Brian, you were on last week, we sort of all admitted that we stopped, we didn't really care about our other teams.
2: Mm. Yeah, uh, I don't either.
1: Okay, good. I thought I'd make sure we're on the same page here. <laughs> it seemed like you didn't like him, so I feel like it was a nice segue to ask. So, favorite names on the Broncos roster? You guys, there is actually a link to that this week. Any stick out to you here?
3: Um just for the sake of rhyming, we have to go with Akib Talib.
1: Akib mm. Talib is a pretty good
3: name. That's a great
2: name. Great name. It is a fantastic name.
1: Brock Osweiler is like a pretty good he seems like that'd be the name of like a fake president in a movie about the future.
2: <laughs> He's also six foot eight.
1: Damn. Damn.
2: He's, He's the, the got a tallest big... quarterback in the league, I think. Damn.
1: It's like a power forward. Yeah,
2: I think you know. I gotta say, I do appreciate the uh, Von Miller's sensual hip thrust celebrations. Oh
0: yeah, that's the that's one
2: cool. thing I'll give the uh, give the Broncos. Yeah,
0: um,
2: cool. <laughs> I just thought that's hilarious. Um, but my favorite name is kind of a. I like Virgil Green.
1: Ooh, Virgil Green, that's pretty good. Benny Fowler, that kind of sounds like an old big band leader. <laughs> yeah. How about Tyler Polumbus?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Polumbus.
1: All right. Well, fuck you guys. You got dumb names. Yep. So uh, news and notes are, you know, kind of quick stuff we wanted to talk about before we head to break. After break, we'll um, do some Tweet of the Week. We'll talk about Joe Jaravicious and his exciting new career, and I'll have another installment of the not-so-famous-but-interesting Browns of Browns history, so stick around. News and notes for this week, though. Uh, Brian, you sent an email earlier in the week that I thought was really awesome that highlighted both. Uh, Gary Barnage, who this one we'll just mention really quick, has a website that he reviews movies on?
2: Yes. It's called uh, Game Plan Movies or something like that? Movie Game Plan. Plan. Movie Game Plan. Uh, He's uh, got a, a page dedicated to Gary's Favorites. Which include movies, um, which is no particular number, just a bunch that he likes. Uh, his ten worst movies, yeah. his favorite ten actors, actresses, and up and comers. Oh, uh, there you go. Some of whom I think maybe were <laughs> are are
0: a few How years are these
2: ago. Up and comers.
0: <laughs> up and comers.
3: <laughs> They're just lists of very famous people. <laughs>
2: Yeah, the whole of this page is amazing. Uh, his his taste Dude. in movies is about as basic bitch as it gets. And uh, you know, his ten worst movies are like, why did you watch that? You knew that was gonna be bad. Everybody knows that's
3: bad. I like that one of his qualifications for a, a favorite movie, uh, in particular Tombstone, yes. is that it keeps you entertained throughout the whole movie. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Brian, these are, what are some of Gary's favorites?
2: Um, let's see here. Uh, he's got uh, Jaws, <laughs> a movie that still continues to scare people and keep them out of ocean. <laughs> the Passion of the Christ loved Mel Gibson' interpretation of Jesus' last twenty four hours. Very graphic, but hits the point. <laughs> that's awesome Uh-oh, Here's this was one of my favorites Armageddon trying to save the earth with a huge cast of well-known actors
0: <laughs> Jeez, could find,
1: you can find those at moviegameplan.com slash favorite slash Gary Hypen oh
3: my god Pirates of the Caribbean The Curse of the Black Pearl Pearl pardon me is a fun movie with action and pirates.
0: (laughs) Who wouldn't (laughs) like it? Yeah.
2: (laughs) Lots of spelling errors and terrible, terrible... uh, Scary Movie is one of his favorites. Oh. Arguably the best spoof movie of all time. Love the Wayne Brothers comedy. Not Wayne's Brothers. (laughs) Wayne
0: Brothers.
1: (laughs) That's terrible. and in that same email, the knock I don't know. I mean, the Gary Bardage thing is really tough to top. We should have finished with that. But Brandon Whedon, you had some quotes, Weeby, about Brandon Whedon that you sent
2: along. We've talked about luck. The Broncos are lucky. The Browns are unlucky. Uh, I saw this quote from Brandon Whedon about losing his job for the uh, Cowboys. And match. he said, yeah, of all people. I, when's he playing for the Browns? Soon, next year. I'm picturing next year maybe it's uh, Matt Castle and Ryan Fitzpatrick. (laughs) Um, Norv Turner told me a long time ago when we were sitting in the Cleveland Browns quarterback meeting, and he said, Brandon, I don't know what you have done to whoever, but you've got the worst luck of any player I have been around. I have ever since I was a little kid. I don't know what I did, but it is what it is.
1: Yeah, there you go. It is what it is. We'll talk more... Up, I think I want to save the whole conversation about luck to after the break. Um, but that's a nice teaser there. Brandon, baseball, weeden. I'd it, just
3: like to say one more thing about Gary Barnage's movies.
0: What?
1: Uh,
3: he hated Son of the Mask. With okay. a note, Jamie Kennedy, you are better than this. <laughs> you, Gary
1: Barnage... <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, Brandon Whedon losing the job again. We'll talk about luck a bit later. Brandon Whedon, I think, is a fairly good portrayal of the Browns' luck. So Johnny Football had a little domestic incident this week and uh, got pulled over. I guess he was having an argument with his girlfriend Mm. and he wouldn't let her out of the car and they were yelling, and the police, somebody called the police, because they were just, like, parked in, a, like, a subdivision or something. And I'm yeah. it. it was, yeah. So then he, but he had been drinking.
2: Come on, Johnny. You're not supposed to do that.
1: Johnny, I you know you're not supposed to drink and yell at your whole girlfriend. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> That's, like, the 1930s voice. That's not my opinion. <laughs> Probably shouldn't drink and drive at the same time either. Johnny, you know you're not supposed to drink and then drive your jaguar around. But really, everyone's like, oh shit, has anybody seen Johnny? He's like driving around, chugging a bottle of vodka, and chewing <laughs> to tobacco in other people's cars.
2: This is all making me think of like an early '60s girl group song, you know, like Johnny get angry, Johnny get mad. Lots of. Engines vrooming and <laughs> girls falling for bad boys who drink too much and drive too fast.
1: That's right. John Q. Football's domestic incident. But this is getting serious. Like, apparently, I didn't really, I haven't read too much about this. I've been sort of, I was, you know, just did enough to get the outline together. I wasn't delving deep into John Football today. But the Browns, the NFL's investigating it, which makes sense. You know, they obviously are the, you know have some say in some of this stuff, and the Browns sort of being hands-off about it, but then I was seeing stuff like tweets about how, you know, maybe the Browns might cut him, and there's, you know, whatever. Come on, Johnny. Back to rehab. Yeah, maybe we need to send him back to rehab, right? Couldn't hurt. (laughs) You're right. It could only make things a little bit better, maybe. So, one last news and note. News end or note here. The Browns uh, have the same record as the Seahawks.
0: Yeah, I was
2: kind of yeah. surprised by that, and you know, I've seen some of those games too. Got to take advantage. I bought the NFL Sunday ticket. I'm watching games like it. My life depends on it. There you go. Um, but two highest paid defenses in football. They both haven't been closing out games. They're winning in the fourth quarter. Um, but the Seahawks have been to the Super Bowl what, two times in a row now and the Browns haven't sniffed it in decades Uh, but anyhow, I found this Earl Thomas quote and I wrote here that I thought it sounded like something that could come from a Cleveland Brown and I'd like to picture Danny Shelton saying it with a tear in his eye (laughs) the quote is I want to say a lot of things but I can't this game is beautiful but it's so ugly
1: Mm. on that note we're going to take you to break We'll be back. We're going to talk about Joe Jarevicius, cleaning it up, laundry style. Uh, We'll talk about Joe Turkey Jones. We got some tweets of the week from Bernie and everybody else, and we'll try to make sense of Browns versus Rams. We'll be back. Woo! He threw the ball up because he got pressured, so I came back to try and get it. I jumped up and I saw, and the guy trying to knock it down, so I was trying to grab it too. And I saw it hit his foot, but it landed right on my leg, so I was trying to curl it and tap it, and trap it in my leg and try to get my hands on it. I knew it didn't hit the ground, so I was trying to pull it in like that. And it
2: was It's a lot of luck and awareness, not really skill involved with that one.
0: They, they brought all-out pressure on that play. Thought that the guy that was covering, he was kind of over there left alone on both of them. He looked like he was stepping up to go take Duke, so I just retreated and tried to pop it up and give Gary a chance. I thought he would be by himself, and uh, and so it ended up being a contested catch,
1: and uh, and you know obviously extremely contested with with you know with arms and legs and everything in between. So um, so I did not see it. I was on my back and. Uh, and I heard, you know, kind of because I don't think the crowd, nobody knew. So I kind of heard mixed, you know, kind of had mixed feelings on it. And uh, when I got up, Gary said I, I caught it. And uh, and I said you did. He goes, yeah, not with my hands, but I caught it.
0: <laughs> and uh, and so and so, um, so yeah, it was it was. It's a those are fun plays. And, and in the scope of this game, uh, like I said, uh, they're, they're needed the moment. They're, you know, after this game, years from now, those are special but, you
1: know to remember and reflect on.
2: Alright, we're back. 6B1P
0: Nation! Bah!
1: That's Chris Poland and Brian Weeby. I am Brian Costco. Welcome back, 6B and a P, Episode 6, Season 4.
2: Boom, uh, shakalaka.
1: Boom shakalaka. goes the diamond. <laughs> <laughs> we tried to up the sports show quotient last week. We did like the buy or sell I did like one of those things. You buy or sell Austin
0: Davis, week nine. <laughs>
1: uh, all guests good. on 6Bs and a P via the Pierogi Mountain Fresh Take Fresh line. Mm-mm, dude. Joe Jaravicious. That didn't make our ratings spike. I don't know what
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> But the headline, and I actually, let me see if I can bring it up here. Joe Jaravicious showed up in the news recently. And it was because he's found a second career. And it's as a laundry man.
2: Joe, Joe, I he's a laundry man.
1: <laughs> the headline was great. I wish I had it on my phone. I'm looking and trying to find it desperately, but I can't. It was like... I'm going to have to try to look for it while we keep talking about it. But, yeah, Brian, why don't you... you I you found it open.
2: rather uh, depressing, honestly. Um <laughs> Because you know, I, my comment was that you know he kept talking about how he you know knew he wanted to do something different when he got out of football. He wanted to right. he wanted to do something different, and laundry was uh, what he came up with. Pretty and amazing. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, it's kind of unbelievable.
2: But I do like you know Joe Joe Jaravicious. I'm always uh, you know he's sort of a Brian Hartline, yeah he's McCaffrey. A- He's He's a a white receiver.
1: (laughs) Yeah, veteran white slot receiver guy. Uh, The headline was, someone just put it in here, Former Cleveland Browns receiver Joe Jarevicius now makes plays in the laundry business. (laughs) And it's in the reinvention
2: category. He also talks about, in the context of being a successful laundry man, that you should have guts. Despite challenges you're bound to face, I'd encourage people to reinvent themselves. And uh, I just, I don't see how laundry does that for a person.
1: <laughs> Dude, Joe Jarvis is one of the people that got, like, MRSA from the Browns.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think he got it in the brain, too.
1: He's like, the crazy, my crazy MRSA addled brain, condition brain, <laughs> made me think the laundry business is the way to go. He seems to be doing okay,
2: though. Yeah, I mean, who am I to judge? He's a successful football player and businessman.
0: Right. I'm right just right?
2: a guy talking into my computer to my buddies.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Waiting for Travis Coons Weeby. Speaking of Joe Jarvicious, I guess a nice segue into we did this segment a few weeks back and I wanted to bring it back. We're gonna queue up the theme music for not so famous but interesting Browns of Brown's history. Oh, there's no theme music. That's right. Okay. Ian not here. We should just play the theme music, like play some outcast or something instead. Odi Odi Dopelicious.
2: Agreed. So
1: this week, uh, our famous Browns of Browns history is Joe Turkey Jones. <laughs> and
2: uh, quick Joe... hot seat here, uh, Chris and Brian. What are your favorite lunch meats? Ooh.
1: You know I. Go ahead, Chris. Uh,
3: turkey roast beef capicola.
1: Wow. Nice. I don't eat a lot of lunch meat. I do like a good turkey, though. And yeah, anything in that Italian meat family. Salami, capicola, pancetta.
2: I gotta say, of the basic lunch meats, turkey's probably one of my least favorites. I don't like the smell of it, but I do love me some ham.
1: Nothing wrong with some ham. <laughs> La- last <laughs> week's episode entitled, uh, famously, The Meat of the Ham.
2: It's amazing. Not That's a ham pan. <laughs> Not a ham fan, Chris. No, not a ham man myself.
1: Chris Poland's not a ham man.
2: <laughs> well, that's good. Back to Turkey Jones.
1: Real fast, though, hot seat for you, Brian, we do you think Joe Jarevicious is a ham man?
2: uh I think he probably likes roast beef.
1: He's brown bagging some roast beef to his laundry job. Tender and
0: juicy. America's roast beef.
1: Yes, sir. So... Joe Turkey Jones, not a fan of Turkey. We'll get to his nickname in a second. Not a really a prominent Brown of Brown's history. Just has a great name. First of all, his name is Joe Jones, even if you take out the turkey, which I find to be the most nondescript <laughs> name ever. <laughs> like, it's worse than, like, Tim Jones or something because, like, it's got the alliteration, too. Did uh, he have a big, flappy neck? I I haven't seen a picture of him yet, but he was a defensive end, so he's a bigger guy. Played for the Browns from, I believe it was 1970 to 73, and then like 75 to 78. Grover Cleveland came back. (laughs) And I don't have my notes of the years in front of me, so I might have made up those years. (laughs) But it's in the general vicinity. And you might ask, well, how did he get such a crazy nickname? And back then when football was a simpler time where I believe the lack of padding caused the people to even be more in a concussion haze than they are currently, veteran players would send the rookies out like before Thanksgiving to like fake farms like out in the country from wherever they were playing and be like, go out here and get a free Turkey. (laughs) (laughs) And I swear to God, I'm making this up. And, so this was like a common thing, and the Browns players did it every year. Well, they sent Joe Jones out to get a turkey from a farm that didn't exist his freshman year, and he was gone for a really long time, and they thought it was so funny that he became a rare occurrence of someone they did to again in his second year. (laughs) So it was like the second year it was all the rookies and Joe Jones. So he became nicknamed Turkey Jones after that.
3: Aww. It's a mean nickname.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well... (laughs) The other thing, and I can't, I got to, I was trying to find the, the right quote uh, exactly how they described him, but another person did say that they thought he was Turkey Joe. I think it was from a Cleveland.com article because he had one of the Browns-like uh, front office people the night of the draft said he had a physical turkey-like appearance. <laughs> 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 Which I thought was a better reason to get nicknamed that. But this other story... His Wikipedia doesn't mention that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, before we sign off on Turkey Jones, there's a couple things I want to bring up. Just the facts here on him. He's out of the football powerhouse of Tennessee State. Round 2, pick 36. The 1970 draft, I believe. Uh, he's still alive. 67 years old. Love to have you on the show, Turkey Jones. And if for some reason you hear this podcast, that'd be awesome. Give us a shout Big thing, though, not much of a player. He wasn't very good at the football, for the most part. And what he's actually most known for, this is incredibly awesome. Terry, You guys know Terry Bradshaw, the famous Steelers quarterback? Uh-huh. Yes. So, Turkey Jones is actually most known for during a game against the Steelers, you know, who are our hated rivals. Uh, yes. There was a whistle that blew a play dead, like, while it was happening. And Turkey Jones either didn't hear it, which is what he says, <laughs> or ignored it, which would make it even more awesome, and just ran full speed forward, picked up Terry Bradshaw, and just threw the motherfucker on the ground, <laughs> giving him a concussion, and leading the Browns to victory 18-16. <laughs> We need another Turkey Jones. <laughs> yeah, he had to pay a $3,000 fine, but his Wikipedia notes that it cemented his legend as a Cleveland Browns player. So.
2: Well, yeah, it did. That he is also, awesome.
1: Yeah, it's great. He also spent a little bit of time with the Eagles and the Redskins in between. But, yeah, Turkey Jones, you're our Browns, famous Brown, interesting Brown of Browns history.
2: That's a good one.
1: Yeah. So he joins Max Speedy. In the Hall of Fame for that.
2: And <laughs> I think this now, segment's testing pretty good. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think I feel like it's doing pretty good. Does Dave? We have any feedback from Dave on this one?
3: Not yet. I'll uh, I'll find
1: out. I do want to say two things before we get into the tweet of the week and you know uh, the luck segment. We're going to talk about luck. We can do that before the tweet. We uh, I felt like last week's uh, Gangsta corner with Luke Edwards probably tested pretty well and. Uh, <laughs> It also alerted me to the fact that we have a couple other listeners who are upset that we think Dave's our only listener. Oh. Mm. Both uh, Luke Edwards, who was on last week, and Dan Majeski both upset. Uh, they are listeners. In fact, Dan was talking to me immediately after we posted the link today um, and reviewing some of those great quotes that we were talking about that you sometimes miss. <laughs> uh, there's some good stuff. Straight out of Dundee. So oh. go ahead.
3: Our apologies to both guys. Yeah.
1: There's probably other ones, I imagine, maybe. Let us know. Tweet at us. Snapchat us. Don't get a big head thinking we have, like,
3: you know, five, millions six of listeners.
1: listeners. Yeah, millions. Four. So, before we get into the Tweet of the Week, Brian, uh, you brought this up earlier. we want to talk about it a little bit more, about the idea of luck
2: as related to the Cleveland Browns. I don't know. They don't have good luck, right?
1: Yes. It seems like a team like the Broncos has much better luck, that even when their team, their quarterback's half a robot, he still pulls it out.
2: It'd be interesting to... I, I don't know the odds on things, but I bet if you broke it down, though, teams that have a history of success, luck favors them. And I, in the same way that, you know, the house is favored in a game of... Uh, poker or something,
1: you know? Yeah, and if, if the NFL was a casino, the house would be Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, while, like, the Browns would be the guy who's taken out several loans. Exactly. Playing Penny Video Poker and losing... Makes
2: age. me like Gil from The Simpsons. Oh, yeah, old Gil, can old Gil get a lick?
1: <laughs> I love Gil. I brought that wall from home!
3: So, so, so what? I mean, what do you do about that, though? I mean, is it just a fact of life that you live with? It is what it is, as Brandon Whedon says. Or, you know, is there something you can do to turn that luck around?
2: I don't know. I mean, there's we could do. Uh, there's the supernatural route, or there's the. Uh, I don't know. Somehow, got to change. Uh, change the way the world perceives the Browns. That's
1: going to be tough to do. I thought I was going to say, I mean, I think there's some parts of it probably that you can control, you know? Like, I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not anti-petting by any stretch of the imagination. You know, I'd like to, I would like to see anybody get a chance to actually play a couple seasons with the Browns, you know, and kind of form them. But it seems like Farmer's kind of an idiot. And, you know, a lot of our coordinators, because we are the Browns, I mean, even to make this directly related to what you said, Brian, which I think is good, like, uh, how do you change the perception? Like, the Browns, you know, our coordinators are never as good as other teams' coordinators because, like, you don't want to go to the Browns, and, like, the head coach is always turning over. And now we have, like, we're a not-a-good team with a bad recent history that has, like, a jackass owner. You know, mm-hmm. like, even the Cowboys, have, they have a jackass owner, but, like, he's kind of he's got his own radio show, and he's, like, giant table in his house. You see that table in his
2: house? <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, gonna, I like, mean, he... And shit. He owns it and uh, flaunts it. Yeah, we're just like
1: a crappy version of that. We never... Nothing ever goes their way. But there's certain parts of it. Like, obviously, don't you think having smarter people involved would make them do better in the draft?
2: It doesn't seem like constant influx and turnover has been working either, though. And it seems like yeah. they, they certainly haven't been able to draw any, you know, marquee names as far as that goes. You know, like, they tried to get Chip Kelly the one year, and you know, granted, he's not having the best season, but, you know, if you're going to choose between the Eagles who have a better recent history or the Browns, you know, and it's the same amount of money either way, what are you going to pick?
1: I mean, if someone came in and offered us each $1 to do an Eagles podcast right now... <laughs> i consider it.
2: I honestly think they should just really, at least for a couple more seasons, let uh, Pettin and Farmer try to figure it out, because... I don't know. I just can't imagine who would take over at this point.
1: Yeah, each time you got to hire someone it gets tougher I have to think. Selling them
2: on this polished turd. Well, but I mean, maybe you find somebody who loves Ohio, you know, you find the uh, Brian Hoyer of coaches
0: and then
1: you shit on him and cut him
2: yeah. So, oh yeah, that's maybe a uh, news and notice. He seemed to play, have a decent week.
1: Yeah, he won. They won, right? Yeah, you
2: know, they won, and he had good stats. So you know, who knows?
1: Good for him. Another quick news and note I forgot about: Michael Vick got hurt. So now Landry Jones, Friday Night Lights nickname Landry Jones,
0: Yeah, and then a
2: terrible Browns twist. The, he seems to be better than Michael Vick or He's Mike Vick. It. Michelle brought that up, that she thinks people are calling him Mike Vickmore to try to show that he's changed.
1: Oh, a little name change. You realize somebody brought up to me the other day, I was talking to, I think it was actually a Steelers fan who brought up that he didn't actually go to jail for fighting those dogs. He went to jail for betting on fighting the dogs, even though he also fought the dogs. You <laughs> do <I laughs> up that theme music for the tweet a week. One of you guys have to do it.
3: Maybe do you want to do <laughs>
2: I could try. I'm no good at it. Right, it's it. the
0: Tweet of
2: the Week. That was
1: pretty good. That was great. Our regular Tweet of the Week, I got a few serious ones, and then we'll have our Bernie Tweet of the Week. But the regular Tweet of the Week, a couple that I think, you know, I've been trying to pick ones that I think kind of describe the Brown situation as a whole, you know. And a few of them here, one from our good friend of the show, Mary Kay Cabot, at Mary Kay cabbage he's a reporter for the Plain Dealer. For the second straight week, hashtag Browns cornerback Justin Gilbert didn't play a snap on defense, despite the fact that Hayden was out with the concussion versus
0: Broncos.
1: That oh, chalk hey, no talent asshole. Uh, next tweet is from the Trib Show. I don't know if you, you guys know anything about Trib. You ever listen to that guy? Mm-mm. Nope. He's a Cleveland sports like kind of. You know, personality, sports personality type.
3: See that guy with the big afro?
1: Um, I don't know. Maybe. Trib
3: show? Triv Show? T R I V?
1: Yeah, Triv is his name. Trivisani or something. It's it's short for some. Mike find... Trivasano? He looks awesome! Yeah, Mike Trivasano is pretty great. And he likes to tweet in all caps from his uh, Twitter handle at the Triv Show. That's T R I V. He says, Browns might get rid of Johnny football this week. Two words. Austin Davis QB, which is three words. What I heard. All caps. We might have to do a Triv tweet of the week. That's great, just because you do have a... Is that his picture in the outline? That's Triv. Wow. Oh, wow. That guy, he looks like if Roy Orbison had stayed alive, he would have <laughs> turned into Trivisano. So... A uh, great tweet there from the Triv. And one more from DogPoundNation.com, which is a fan site at DogPoundNation. And the hashtag Browns lose 26-23 to 23 in overtime. This is due to them being a poorly managed, poorly coached team that drafted horribly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, and uh, we
1: have a uh, special dedication for this week's Tweet of the Week, it looks like. Yeah,
3: that, yeah that's, uh, well, to uh, a fellow Bernie. Uh, uh, I think the Bernie Tweets of the Week should be dedicated to the late Rupert Bernie Burnham. Uh, He was an electrician that my dad worked for, and then uh, my dad bought his company when he retired. Burnham Electric. Uh, He passed away on Saturday. He would have been 90 years old this very day.
1: Oh, wow. All right. Our thoughts with the Burnham family, and of course, Chris, you're... Dad and everyone else who knew him. Sounds like a great guy with a great nickname. He was. Yeah, Bernie Burnham. You know. Keep the spirit alive. And I think that's a great idea. The Bernie tweet of the week shall now be the official memorial Bernie Burnham tweet of the week. I like it. Yep. You guys want to read Bernie's tweets there, anybody?
3: Sure, I'll do. St- I'll do the first one. Uh, Bernie Kozar at Bernie Kozar QB. Thank God! for introducing me (laughs) to hands together chick 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 Uh, (laughs) I think it's the emoji of like praying but it could be an aid organization that provides relief to Haitian children
1: Mm. okay either way
3: Uh, again god in all caps as well as for and me
1: weird I love Bernie. It's like an E. It's like E. Cummings. (laughs) Kind of. Yeah. So, uh, second Bernie tweet. Brian, Weeby, you want to take that one out?
0: All right.
2: Nineteen show about ready to air. I want to be positive and all to live happily, but in pro football, (laughs) close isn't good, and you must win. Everything matters.
1: Yeah, and all of that, of course, running together and variously capitalized.
3: It's not even hashtag everything matters. It's just everything matters.
1: <laughs> and what's weird? Well, I think we should start keeping track. Maybe at the end of the year we'll do, like, our favorite created Bernie Kosar, like, proper noun phrase. Uh, what was the Pope one?
3: Oh, Big Event Pope.
1: <laughs> big Event Pope. And then, but I think, pro football close is awesome. <laughs> A good one. Those are all <laughs> capitalized, man. So, but the, the other thing I wanted to bring up in relation to these Bernie tweets is Luke brought this up last week as someone you know that listens a little bit more, or at least knew a little bit more of the tone of Cleveland fans, I guess. And I've been I trying to listen to the post game shows because I think they're pretty funny. But the apparently there's people that seriously and considerably like think the Browns will not be any good until they put Bernie Kosar in charge of everything.
3: I am not one of those people.
1: (laughs) I feel like I'm not either, man. Like, the dude doesn't even know how to write. I love Bertie. Love you, Bertie. But you should So, uh,
2: I'm not from Cleveland, but does the Serpentini Tailgate 19 (laughs) pregame show mean anything to you?
1: Yeah, Bob Serpentini uh, is like a car dealer.
2: Man, bring it all around because car dealer sounds like card dealer and that's luck, and Serpentini sounds like Serpent Mound, and you went yeah. there. Maybe we're breaking and now,
3: hey, guys, the 19 matters. show.
2: <laughs> the 19 show referenced in Bernie's tweet is the Serpentini Tailgate 19 show. Yeah, he
1: gets invited on there to talk with, um, I forget who it is, some other Browns personality type. And you know what? Looks God, like there's I,
2: a Tony Zarelli.
1: Oh, Tony Zarelli, yeah. The, I got a little bit close to the Brown, the Cleveland roots. You know, actually, one of the this weekend because I listened to the game on the radio, the second half, driving to the Serpent Mound or Serpentini Mound. <laughs> <laughs> and the great thing, the, you know, I used to know people in Cleveland. Uh, my ex-girlfriend from uh, college, even her stepdad, watched the Browns with his brothers like every week. And they would literally turn the TV down and turn up the Cleveland Browns, like, radio network to get Doug Deacon and Jim Donovan, like, and they would watch it with those guys announcing it instead of, like, Rich Gannon or, you know.
3: I used to do that in the mm-hmm. dorm with uh, my buddy Jake when we
1: watched yeah. the- It's, you know, w- listening to those guys on the way out there, it was kind of funny. I mean, it's just, you know... They- they have this balance of, like, stunning, depressing realism, but also, like, hopefulness that's really fun, I think.
2: Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I mean... I've enjoyed maybe, when I've heard the radio broadcasts. Yeah.
1: Everything matters, Bernie says. Maybe he's right. It's kind of be tough for everything to matter. Everything. <laughs> Next week, the Browns take on a team that seems like... It's funny we talked about luck earlier, a team that kind of seems, like, a little bit like the Browns in some ways. Uh... The St. Louis Rams.
2: Yeah, they're not very good, and they've had the uh, threat of a move on them. And I mean, haven't they used to be the Los Angeles Rams, right? That's and, correct, yeah. St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, I don't know; it's confusing.
1: You'll double switch. Yeah. And fuck the Rams. Who likes them?
2: Not me. How can you? Yeah, Although I will say, uh, Kurt, the Browns need a Kurt Warner. is Josh. A grocery McConnell
0: sacker, <laughs>
2: Super Bowl.
1: Is Josh McConnell or Kurt Warner? No.
2: I doubt it. Probably right. uh,
1: but yeah, you know, if it was, they never seem to be good. Even though every year, you know, they're always like, the team. People like the Rams are gonna be better, but they don't.
0: Hmm.
2: I will be in, in Rams and football news starting Todd Gurley next week.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good move, dude. Yeah.
0: Well,
1: yeah, I know Dave doesn't like it when we talk about our fantasy football team, but, like, I was in first place for a while and I have no idea why. My team is a fucking dumpster fire. I would not be surprised <laughs> if I don't win a game the rest of the year. Yeah. Ugh. Wish I had I, Todd Gurley, I'll tell you that much. But yeah, I mean, it's one of those games that Browns. It's on the road, so that's never good. The Browns, I feel like, you know. But that's the thing. Like, is that a thing that only good teams worry about? Like, are you better at home or on the road? Like the Browns, it seems like if the Browns are going to win, it doesn't really matter where the fuck they're going to win, right?
2: Right. Have you guys heard about uh, a friend of mine was in St. Louis recently, and he told me about this giant, like, it's like an adult playground kind of thing, where it's like. Yeah multiple floors and it's like almost like an art installation meets a playground, there's bars in it, and you just wander around and part of it is like a you know, like a bus or an airplane in the side of a building that you can climb onto. It looks crazy. Like a post apocalyptic playground for grown ups. Sounds fun. Yeah. yeah. When I
1: drove through St. Louis I drove through there a couple times this summer is the only time I'd been there It struck me as how much of a wasteland it looked like. (laughs) Like, seriously, I hadn't been there before. It reminded me way more of, like, you know, Youngstown or parts of Cleveland or Detroit than I thought it would. Like, there was buildings that were covered with, like, three four-story old, like, brick, you know, houses and buildings that were covered in, like, four-story graffiti. Impressive. Yeah. Before we go... Speaking of things the streets have created, do you guys know about Slim Jesus?
3: Oh, man, I tried to watch. Uh, I I couldn't get far. It's bad.
1: But that's apparently a type of music. Weeby, do you know about the, the drill music?
2: Oh, yeah, Chief Keef is a big name in that. He's a Chicago guy.
1: I know that I'm not the target audience. For this. That stuff seems, doesn't really... I don't get it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's super repetitive and, like... Violent lyrics. You know, I don't know. I do kind of like the Chief Keeves song, shit I don't like. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's silly. It's not, I wouldn't say it's a great piece of music or, but there's just something about chanting things you don't like that uh, really captures that,
1: captures an era. Jesus is an 18 year old uh, white rapper from Hamilton, Ohio, which is where. Uh, 61P. I guess he's not really a contributor, but friend of the show. Randy Demidovich loops.
3: We want to get uh, Randy on at one point this year. Uh, he wants to tell us what it's like to root for a winning Ohio football team, uh, being a Buckeyes fan.
1: Yeah, you know, Randy didn't even go to college. In <laughs> I want to talk about that. Me and Randy should talk about that. We, I've always noticed, like, you never know, like, people, like, my, my brother even, who went to college, like, somewhere else, two other colleges, and mm-hmm. he's like, a diehard Buckeye like say which I think is fine, but, like, it also seems like, it'd be really weird to me if someone was, like, a big fan of Ohio Bobcat football and wasn't, like, an alum.
2: Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, I get that if you're, like, 10, Right. No offense to Randy No offense, Randy. <laughs> but, you know, like when I was young, I was like, Notre Dame is cool, you know. Right. So, and I watched them every Saturday or whatever. Right. And And uh, then I didn't go to Notre Dame and kind of quit caring I mean, about so college
1: football. University.
2: Yep.
1: We were doing pretty good this year, but they got beat by somebody really bad last week, and so we reset to being back. I'm sure you know, and the Bengals are six and oh right now and Bengals fans have been talking to me too, and I mean also not to sound like a dick, but I told a Bengals fan today that's like, look, man, the Bengals and the Browns have won about the same amount of playoff games the last
2: Yeah, I feel like those never work, but uh fuck the Bengals. I tried to be polite to some of their fans. It ain't uh it ain't happening again.
1: Ian was talking about how we should go down to the Juggalo tornado that is Paul Brown Stadium and you go to the Browns-Bengals game down there. <laughs> that You're is a juggalo tornado. Who day?
3: Hey, the gathering's right smack dab in the middle of Ohio.
1: Yeah, Drug Bridge. <laughs> well, I think that brings us pretty much <laughs> to the <laughs> Drug Bridge. Would be a good place to stop. I think. Yeah. Brian, I want to wish you from everyone here at 6B and 1P and from me and Sherry personally here in Athens, we hope you and Michelle are good and that you name the baby Travis Coons, Michael Michael Jr., both of those, whether it's a man or a woman.
3: I would also like to wish Ryan Reynolds and Zoe Dachanel and pretty much the entire (laughs) cast of This is the End uh, the best of luck in their... Young and burgeoning <laughs> careers than movie stardom. There you go. Oh, also, Stuff out there. Uh, you guys know what matters?
1: What? Everything.
0: EVERYTHING! <laughs>
1: that's right, Bernie. We'll keep bringing you Brown's news that's both, you know, important and, if nothing else, funny and entertaining briefly from Six Bees and a P here on AquabareLegion.com. You're one source for Force. I'm your host, Brian Costco. Thanks again to Chris and Brian, both of you guys, for being here.
2: Thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, Aquabare County Fairs this weekend, but I don't know if this will go up before then. But that's fun. You can find us at Twitter at 6B1P. That's the number six, letter B, number one, letter P. Or on Facebook by like, searching 6B and a P. And until next week, go Browns.
0: Go Browns. That's awesome. Yeah, the drug bridge is pretty sweet. Oh, Oh, drug oh. oh, whoa! Ooh, the drug. He looked like he was stepping up to go take Duke.